Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. And question, are you ready to go somewhere? I know as we, as Lord willing, the quarantine is lifted and we begin to, to get out and about, there's that tendency, Tam and I were talking, we're just ready to hop in the car and go road trip. Go where? Don't know, don't care. Let's just go. And thinking of road trips, when you set out to, to do a road trip, do you have a playlist that, that you'll play as you go out? So we were thinking about our experience when we traveled through Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, there are certain songs I realized I only play when we're rolling through those states. I pull out the country favorites and, and uh, songs like Sweet Home Alabama and Tennessee River and, and uh, going through the Smokies, Ronnie Millsap, Smoky Mountain Rain gets to my heart every time. <laughs> but uh, interesting that as God pens his word, he gives his people Israel 15 songs that really form a playlist for their soul as they travel towards Jerusalem to worship him. And today we're going to look at one of those psalms. They're found in Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And this one is written by David. It gives us a unique window into his soul. And I think one of the qualities which really allows God to use him in a powerful way. It's a a song that we'll call this the car wash of our soul, Psalm 131. Now, when we set out to do a road trip, one of the things we think about this year is is uh, rolling through the car wash, especially after a, a hard winter where the salt gets up under our car and begins to corrode the underbody. And so when we pull in to say crew car wash, we ask them what kind of, of or they ask us, you know, what would you like? One, two or three. And we usually say, well, give me the, give me the works or whatever will clean out what needs to be cleaned out. The psalm we're looking at today is like the works. And what it's going after is something much more corrosive than salt. It's going after pride. And I think we all know pride is that, that uh, just sinister part of us that's woven deep into our DNA that is at the root of every wrong. Pride is where we seek our glory rather than the glory of God. And it causes, causes us to to hurt the people around us. It corrodes the relationships that matter most, our relationship with our Lord and our relationship with the people around us. But what a gift God has given us in his word. And aren't you thankful for his purifying work in our lives? Jesus came to earth and one of his primary messages to us was to follow him into a life of humble service. And he redefined greatness for us. It wasn't about position or power or status or any of these things. It was about humbly serving the people around us. And then he modeled that as he took our sin upon himself and humbled himself to be obedient to the cross. And and he calls us into a life as we follow him by faith into a life of humble service. And the way that he transforms us is through his word. As we take his word, think about it, pray it, live it out. He recreates us to have a heart like his heart. And so today we are going to take Psalm 131, a bit of his word, learn to pray. It takes the form of a prayer 
three parts that, that will emerge and we'll pray this prayer as we follow him this week. And, and Lord willing, he will cleanse us of our pride and help us step into the joy of living with a humble heart. And so would you join me in Psalm 131? We'll read through it and then we'll break it down. David writes, my heart is not proud, Lord. My, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. The first part of this Psalm we could entitle, this is who I wanna be, who I wanna be. It's, it's living with a humble heart. He starts by saying, my heart is not proud. Starts with the heart and it's this picture of just having a heart that's, that's not tainted with pride, especially in our relationship with God. And then he says, my eyes are not haughty. This is where pride moves into our relational world and it, and it causes us to look down on other people, to be condescending. And then he says, I do not consider myself, myself with great matters. And he's pointing to now life mission and really pride moving us to selfish ambition. And as we go out and live our lives, doing what we do in order to look good or to elevate self rather than, than living for the glory of God and serving people. As I read this first verse, the question that immediately comes to my mind, and maybe you're thinking the same thing, is how can David or any of us ever honestly pray this prayer in that we know we all battle with pride. David battled with it and we all battle with it till the day we die. It, it even seems prideful to, to pray this prayer. And the answer I think is helpful when we understand the context. The song, songs of ascent were often read together. And when you look back one song, it's song one, Psalm 130, which is a Psalm of confession. And it's almost as David comes to Psalm 131, he's already asked forgiveness for the, the pride in his heart. And he's in that place of, of living forgiven and just appreciating God's clen daily cleansing that he gives us. It's also, there's a sense in which we can pray this prayer. And I think David prays it as a prayer of intention and desire and passion. Just knowing we're not perfect in humility, but praying that just to the best of our ability, God, this is where I wanna be and, and how I want, want to live. And so he starts with his heart and just, Lord, you know my heart. And as we repray this, um, it's just saying, Lord, purify my heart from any motive that would seek my glory rather than your glory. And then he moves to his eyes. Lord, don't let my, my eyes be haughty um, as I interact with the people around me. Let me see uh, myself as, as um, not ever putting myself above people but seeing people as equal to me and as people that I need to serve and, and actually put above me. And then finally he shifts to life mission and just says, um, Lord, I'm, I'm not trying to do things that you haven't created me to do. I'm not um, concerning myself with matters that are above me or um, seeking to just follow selfish ambition to go make a name for myself, but rather, uh, um, um, seeking to be in step with you and to be who you created me to be. You know what's fascinating about David as we watch him live is humility truly does mark this, this man's life in ways that are 
just significant. And as you think about David stepping into becoming king of Israel, never does he pursue power or position. It's not like David had a, a five-year career path plan and strategic uh, number one, step number one, I'm going to go kill a giant. He just happens on to that battlefield. And nor uh, step two, I'm going to marry the king's daughter to position me to, to be in the palace. He, he actually tries not to marry her and, um, you know, says, I'm just a poor guy from, you know, podunk uh, nowhere. But, but God positions him. It's interesting that uh, David, uh, when the prophet show, Samuel shows up, and Samuel was like the man in Israel to uh, anoint a king. David's not even home. <laughs> it's not like he's pushing himself to the front of the line and saying, hey, here's my resume. And he, he, he's not even there. <laughs> they have to go find him. And then uh, when David had opportunity to kill the king who was chasing him several times, he had a chance to kill Saul. He never takes matters into his own hands. But I think the moment that sticks out in my mind at where we see his humility just very clear and, and the heart of humility is that moment that, that he's celebrating. He's king. He's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem and so excited, worshiping and praising God. And the reason he was so excited was that the Ark represented the presence of God, which would bring blessing to the nation of Israel. And so he loses his royal robe and he leaves the royal entourage and he is just dancing with all of his might with the crowd and he's not something that a king would do and the text tells us that his wife was watching as he came into Jerusalem and when she saw him like down to his t-shirt and I'm sure sweaty armpits and just undignified as a king the text says that she despised him in her heart and when David came home, it says, the text says he came home to bless his family. But what he found was a wife who just, she ripped on him. And she said, you know, who do you think you are doing that? And, and uh, she gave him a piece of her mind. And I love his response. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 21, David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the, the Lord's people Israel, I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become, and here's the, where we see his humility, I will become even more undignified than this. He's like, you think that was embarrassing? Because I worship the Lord, I, I will be even more embarrassing. In fact, I will be humiliated in my own eyes. I'll even embarrass myself. And you see the heart of, of just humility. This is who I want to be before the Lord. A heart that's not proud, eyes that are not haughty. And as I do life and do, self, do a life mission, that it would not be selfish ambition, but love for the Lord and love for people that fuels me. Can't help but think as God looked down and heard David say that, that he was smiling and just thinking, that's my boy. A king was saying that. And I think, you know, as David models humility, he's but a foreshadowing of the King of Kings, of Jesus Christ, who is willing to humble himself in every way for our sake. And so the first part of this psalm as it purifies our hearts is this is who I want to be. Second part we see in verse 2. Verse 2, he goes on to say, 
but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with, it, with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. And this is where David is uh, saying, okay. And, and I find this encouraging that David feels what we feel and it's a struggle. How do we stay in this place of humility? And he says, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Meaning he was active in saying, shh, shh. When pride and selfish ambition that, that we all feel starts to get upset and whine and complain and like, what if I don't get that promotion or I'm not, get, I don't get the credit for this or I'm not important in this area. David says, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child. Now the picture there is interesting. In what way is his soul like a weaned child? And he finishes it where it says like a, I'm like a child with its mother, I'm content. And it's that picture of total trust that mom is going to provide the next meal and I don't have to scream like a newborn the moment I'm hungry. And it's the picture for us of trusting God with our, who we are, you know, and he's got us. And David is saying, in every way, um, I'm like a child with its mom. I'm trusting God to provide my needs. You know, this faith journey is really one of growing out of infancy into this place of being like a weaned child, isn't it? Where we, we trust God with our well-being, with our reputation, with our um, all that we need. And it's a beautiful moment when we get to that place and we we're in that place where we've quieted the, the pride in our soul as we just rest in his provision and it's re realizing if God gave his son and if Jesus came and gave his life, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And it's coming back to the cross, remembering God's love poured out to us on the cross, immeasurable and just resting in, in that reality that he's gonna take care of me. And this part is where we say, this is where I want to stay. This is where I want to stay. Who I want to be is a, a person that's marked by humility. Where I want to stay is in this place of, of trust and resting in God's provision for me. I can't help but think that the toughest test for David in his life and faith journey, and especially in the realm of humility, was that time that David had a dream. And it was near, it was just after they brought the ark back to the, the uh, Jerusalem and things were going well. The kingdom was thriving. It was prosperous, secure. And David looks around and he says, I want to build God a house. I want to build a temple. And he shares that. And Nathan, the prophet, comes to him and says, God has a message for you. And you remember what that message was? It's not a message that would be easy for a king to hear. You, you did not tell a king this, but God simply said, no, no, <laughs> this is a good thing. I want to build a house for you. Why not? No. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how pride can be so subtle that it, it even slips into our service for God? And as we set, set out to do what God's created us to do and to even serve him, sometimes it can be, be about us. And we, we like to be needed. We like the, uh, and to do great things for God. Even we, we can start off with a healthy motive, 
but pride slips in there and, and somewhere along the way it becomes about um, just that satisfaction that we were a part of helping this person. Um, I was a part of seeing that person come to faith in Christ or I was a part of starting this ministry or building that ministry and, and pride can slip into even serving God. It can even slip into our prayers and corrode even our conversation with God where before you know it, we're praying to impress other people. <laughs> we have to con confess even our pride in our praying. This week, our uh, Eric Lyon was helping train our some uh, some elders in the realm of prayer, and and it would just hit me as Eric was explaining as he leads our Wednesday night prayer time. If someone who comes into that prayer time who's new to praying, Eric said one of my goals is to pray the worst prayer in the group, just so it makes the other person feel comfortable so that they don't have to pray a certain way. And I thought, man, what a, a great picture of, of humility. But uh, what, what happened with David that day? And I just love the picture when God says, no, um, you're not going to, to build me a temple. David's response is a great one, and it reveals his heart. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 16. Then, then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And, and as if it were not enough in your sight, my God, you have spoken about the future of the house of your servant. You, Lord God, have looked on me as though I were the most exalted of men. And David said, Okay. As God said, I'm going to have Solomon, your son, build, build the temple. Greatness in the kingdom of God is not doing great things for God. It's doing what he's called us to do faithfully and with a humble, loving heart. I love the acronym FAT-G. FAT-G is a, one way to, to live out a humble heart, but it's faithful, available, teachable, and grateful. A professor I had, Dr. Hannah, often said, nothing is so extraordinary as the life committed to be significant to God alone. This is where I want to stay, like a child, trusting you, Lord. And then the third part of this prayer, we see in uh, verse 3 where, where uh, David says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. Now, right now you may be thinking what, uh, what I'm thinking as I pray, that, as I listen to this and think about David's life which is, okay, hold on. There were times in David's life when he wasn't so humble. Remember the moment with Nabal and you remember the time on the rooftop and there was a time that uh, David counted the soldiers and he wasn't supposed to do that, to which I think David would say, you're exactly right. I failed to be humble many times and that is why I wrote the last part of this song. The last part of this song is really um, a call not to put our hope in a human king, but to put our hope in God. As once again, he says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. And I love this as it brings us to really we, the part we could say, this is the legacy that I want to leave. What's the legacy that David is leaving here? In essence, he's saying, guys, I'm not the one you want to be singing about. I'm not the one you want to put your hope in. A king's job was to provide and protect, and he did a good job of that. And I know David would say, I'm desiring to do my best, but ultimately, don't look to me. 
Look to him. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. And this is that idea of putting our hope, our faith in his unfailing love as we do life. And I just love this picture of humility. You know, there's something in us that, that likes to be needed and desires to be necessary, isn't there? And there's a positive side to that. That's healthy. But humility, I think, is perhaps the, the last lesson in humility is learning the discipline of becoming unnecessary. <laughs> and here David, the most necessary of men, is for the kingdom of Israel saying, guys, don't put your hope in me. Put your hope in, in the Lord. It feels so good to be necessary and, and to, uh, to be needed. But uh, the legacy that, that I think is far greater than anything as in David's life, anything that he could have done or built, and in our lives as well, as we interact with the people around us, is not to let them remember our name or what we've done, but rather to help them put their hope in the living God. What a gift God has given us in his word, a car wash for our soul, helping us to step into the joy of living, him, living with a humble heart, following our Lord with a humble heart. May I encourage you this week to let this be a, a prayer that you pray and let it cleanse your heart. It's good just to go back and, and start there. Um, Lord, this is who I want to be. Purify my heart. Let it be humble. Um, let my eyes not be haughty and Help me not to chase selfish ambition. And this is where I want to stay, Lord. I want to be like a child with its mom just trusting you to provide what I need. And then, Lord, this is the legacy that I want to live, that I would help the people around me put their hope in you ultimately. I'm not the necessary one in their life. You are the necessary one. You may be thinking, well, where, where do I start with this? And and uh, the starting point for us all is at the cross. And first, it's coming to realize that, that uh, we're all broken and unable to, to cleanse our own hearts. But Jesus came with uh, a simple message that he lived the perfect life in our place, died in our place on the cross, providing the forgiveness for our sin and also a chance to know him and walk, and walk with him, live in relationship with him. And we receive the gift of salvation through faith in him and what he did for us. And that's the first step. But as we step into a relationship with him, he begins to change us through his word. And that's where we take psalm, a psalm like this and we, we think about it and we let it be a part of our mental playlist. And then we, uh, we pray it, we live it. And little by little, God does what only he can do is he recreates us to have the heart of Christ. And so as you go out this week, may God bless you as you follow him on this journey of faith, uh, receiving and praying and living out this car wash for the soul. God bless you. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for the, uh, the grace, Lord, and the, the forgiveness that you give us we, for the ways that we are proud. And Lord, I pray that through your word that you would just do the work that only you can do. Cleanse us, we pray. And I thank you for this time we've been able to worship you. Be pleased with our worship. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.